and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. James Day here today, recording live from the Focus on Pocus studios. Today, we have Dr. Cliff Gronseth as our guest. After graduating Dartmouth College, Dr. Gronseth worked in Africa and Asia before attending the University of California, San Francisco Medical School. He is a triple board certified in physical medicine and rehabilitation, electrodiagnostic medicine, and pain medicine. Currently, he is the founder and manager of Spine West, an outpatient private practice in Boulder, Colorado, focused on outpatient muscle skeletal medicine, pain management, and ultrasound. Spine West was awarded Best Medical Facility in Boulder, Colorado in 2017 and 2018. With the passion for ultrasound, Dr. Gronsev started 7D Imaging Incorporated, an educational technology company focused on teaching ultrasound skills. He also founded... The NIAGI Project, which stands for Now You Are the Group's Interest, it's a nonprofit organization focused on teaching ultrasound skills to healthcare providers working in the field. He is a true ultrasound evangelist. So, Dr. Gronseth, thank you, and how are you today, sir? I'm quite well, thanks. So, uh, how are things out in Colorado and at Spine West? Beautiful. I'm, I'm looking at uh, mountains covered with uh, fresh snow. So that makes everybody happy out here. So listen, so I understand you're on a mission. Can you share your mission with us? Sure. Mm. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, my, uh, uh, I fell in love with ultrasound about 15 years ago when I saw my first uh, ultrasound machine at a conference, and I just thought it was the slickest technology to be able to see inside the body. As a physician, a healthcare provider, you know, we... We, we poke, prod, and we listen, but to be able to actually see things real-time inside, just were, it was fascinating to me. And uh, I realized that it, it was just such a, an advantage in the clinical space to be able to use ultrasound uh, real-world. The problem was the education. At the time I, I uh, started ultrasound, there were very few resources available. There weren't many courses. Mm-hmm. There was uh, a few books uh, from uh, Eastern Europe, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was more of a the self-learned process. It's taken me many years to to learn, and I'm still learning. I think if you talk to anybody in the ultrasound world, it's a it's a constant study. But um, I just realized that uh, you know it has it it the, the uh, ultrasound is like a crystal ball to be able to see inside and and almost anticipate uh, uh, problems either real time or potential problems in the future like uh, aortic aneurysms or placenta previa uh, where you can actually act before you uh, before things go south uh, was just incredible. And the, the safety profile of ultrasound with the portability just added to the, the perfect type of tool for using in the clinical space. So what I, what I ended up doing was mm-hmm. um, 
I I uh, I made it, the, the biggest problem with ultrasound was the learning curve. It's still quite steep. It uh, to me, it's analogous to learning to fly a helicopter uh, <laughs> at night in Italian uh, because it's it's got a different language set. You're looking inside the body, or it, it, if you can imagine spelunking with a slit lamp, and you're trying to figure <laughs> out what what the formations are uh, with a narrow narrow flashlight. Uh, and you have to know the anatomy and uh, ultrasound and physics and everything else with it. So it, it, it's quite complicated. But about, uh, about five years ago, I sprained my ankle when I was running with my dog one morning. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, my dog stopped to smell something. It must have been very important because uh, she just stopped cold turkey. I jumped sideways. My ankle twisted and popped. And being Ouch. a smart physician, I knew that that uh, painful pops are not good. So I, I limped to my office and uh, pulled out my ultrasound machine and was scanning my ankle. I was all twisted up trying to figure out what I was looking at, and I wasn't quite sure. So I pulled out some ultrasound textbooks and uh, anatomy books, etc., and, and the ultrasound machine. And, and I, was, I said, this is a really silly way to to learn ultrasound, um, you know, to head to, to out of a textbook, etc. And so I said, why don't we take all that information and, and put it into an iPad that you could have right next to you as you're learning so that it almost like a GPS that sits in your dashboard when you're driving. I don't know if you remember the days when you used to, uh, you know, look at a map at home or somebody would tell you directions and you write them down and then you oh, try to yeah, find your man. way. Yeah, the old Ram McNally. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And now, you know, imagine driving, driving through Boston, and you've never been there before, and you're <laughs> and you're trying to figure it all out. So, um, they you know now we're we have that GPS on the dashboard, and that's uh, that's the concept for the software. So I I proceeded to to uh, to make uh, to combine the key resources for learning ultrasound. And I'm an orthopedic uh, physician mostly, and so I focused on the musculoskeletal ultrasound. Which was, um, you know, which was very well received. It was uh, people really appreciated it, and it became very, uh, very helpful for people. But the um, the uh, uh, my interest was in international health, and I I ended up uh, teaming up with some OB sonographers and some expert uh, EMET sonographers, and we made other modules besides the orthopedics. So we made a women's health module, which includes uh, OBGYN and breast ultrasound. And then we made an emergency medicine module for learning uh, fast exams and, uh, and the uh, pulmonary and cardiac. And, uh, and, and so we just keep uh, building, building more, more information data sets. And with my interest in international health, I, uh, I started a nonprofit to to bring ultrasound to the world, just because I'm, uh, like you said, I'm an evangelist with ultrasound. I just love it. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, I teamed up with an organization called uh, uh, International Foundation of Sonography Educators uh, and Research, and uh, they uh, they have expert teachers in their organization that teach in a lot of the ultrasound schools in the United States. And uh, some of them volunteer. I gave a lecture at one of their conferences, and I said anybody that wants to uh, uh, help me teach ultrasound in uh, remote areas of the world, uh, you know, let me know. And, and everybody ran to the back room and signed up. So um, I ended up starting a nonprofit organization that's focused on training healthcare workers that work in the remote areas of the world. Not not as much focused on the central city-based hospital staff, but more the people that are in the rural areas that have little resources. And 
uh, and we teach them in, in a very rapid way, uh, in person with hands-on mm-hmm. training, combined with the uh, software that I created, and that um, uh, that's proven to be very effective, and we're saving lives as we speak. Is that exa- is that what Niagi is, uh, and that's your uh, which also which means you know the acronym for now you are the group's interest. Is that what your uh, teaching overseas is based in? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the nonprofit organization is called the Niagi Project, and Niagi it was it's a, it's an acronym for now. Now you are the group's interest, and it, it Niagi represents that uh, woman, man, or child that's in uh, a remote village that has little access to healthcare, uh, certainly diagnostic imaging uh, that uh, can perhaps get the traveling healthcare providers coming out to them screen for potential problems. We're currently we're focused on uh, women's health. We uh, screen, mm-hmm. we do basic prenatal screening, looking for placenta previa or ectopics uh, in the remote villages. So we can, uh, so the healthcare providers can warn the mothers uh, that may feel fine during the pregnancy, but if they've got placenta previa, they will likely die if they deliver in their village. And we've been to Nepal a couple of times, and the roads there are, are uh, difficult, to say the least. It can take two weeks to get to any type of uh, healthcare facility. But if they know that wow. they've got placenta previa, it gives them a fighting chance to be close to a, a, a facility where they can save the mother and the baby's lives. So right now we're saving about 10, uh, 10 mothers a month just based on the ultrasound referrals uh, out of Nepal. Wow, so you've seen a lot of results with that. That's that's very inspiring. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic, and and the people that participate in the Nyagi Project, we have uh, sonography teachers. That we've been over to Nepal twice, and the first time we in five days we taught the uh, thirty nurses basic prenatal ultrasound skills, and uh, they we gave them a self confidence score or test uh, on different things that they would have to learn. Uh, and uh, by by day three, they were eight out of ten confident with being able to identify the location of the head, the placenta, uh, the heart, etc. And um, and yeah, so and and that we did a great job with the ultrasound. <laughs> the interesting thing is when we on their first trip, we got a A plus for teaching ultrasound. We got a C minus for teaching them how to use the iPads that we brought <laughs> over there. Part part of the part of the uh, the whole project is having the software that's loaded onto the iPads uh, that are donated from uh, individuals, companies, etc. And we and these are old iPad twos, etc. That people are you know just almost discard here in the states. Um, but we we can use those, and they we have the software that sits on the iPad on airplane mode, so they don't need internet connection to use the software. And um, and that allows the students to continue learning. So that combination of hands-on teaching with the iPads that we leave there uh, allow them to continue to learn uh, because they, as you know, the learning ultrasound is difficult. And it's mainly because we we're prone to forgetting. Uh, if you go to a lecture, or course, or conference, uh, you forget 95% of what you learn unless you actually use it right away and, mm-hmm. and intensely. Uh, you know, use it or lose it kind of thing. And even by six months, it's a 0% retention from things like that. But the software allows them to continue to practice and learn and to uh, just refresh things. And so it really speeds up the learning process, and it's been very successful. That's really inspiring. So, uh, tell me about any surprises that you've experienced in this field. 
you know, what was interesting is, is how interested people were in sharing their, uh, in contributing or, or, or sharing their, either their effort or interest or iPads uh, for the Niagi project. You know, we have, uh, we oftentimes forget how lucky we are here in the developed world and uh, in the uh, less fortunate uh, areas of the world where they have very little. It, um, uh, people really, really want to, you know, to, to give back. And the teachers that have worked with us and, and people that are just volunteering their time uh, and interest in, in trying to find old iPads uh, from their companies or their, their schools, uh, neighbors, churches, um, has been amazing. And, uh, you know, our goal is to get uh, 3,000 iPads for Nepal. That's what we need to, to get there. Um, and then we, we got... Uh, calls from people that heard about the Niagi project, and so we've been invited to Haiti, which we'll probably go to in uh, January, and uh, Ethiopia, Uganda, Peru, uh, Guatemala, uh, and we're just, we can't keep up. So, um, yeah, though, and the, the, the beautiful thing is we have uh, found some wireless probes that will transmit the signal, the ultrasound signal to the iPads, so these little cell phone-sized ultrasound probes combined with the iPads that we have donated from, uh, from people uh, is, in essence, a portable ultrasound machine. And the, the, the real fun part is that we can geo-track these iPads around the world with Find My iPhone, Find My iPad, that's built into this software. Now let so me, uh, can... I just want to start and break your stride, but the software app that you developed I'm, I'm intrigued. You're, you're a brilliant guy, man. It sounds like it's a uh, a quick and fast package POCUS training in a box for OB-GYN. Is that, am I getting that? Did you write that software app? That's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, we, I, you know, I, I didn't write the software myself. I hired a company that, um, okay. that did the coding for me, but uh, but the concept was, uh, was there, and, and yes, we have... We have emergency medicine uh, module now, uh, I, and I, I team up with with people that are just experts in the field, and we just we put in a lot of different types of content. We have very short videos with with uh, overlays that, that explain the anatomy. We uh, we have uh, techniques, uh, uh, various types of information uh, that is not just basic uh, content, not just basic ultrasound, but much more uh, uh, depth of information as well. So the, the, the user of the software can immediately draw or go to the, air, the level that they're looking for where they're at. Like if you're, a, if you're a video gamer, you don't want to start at level one if you've been playing a game for years mm-hmm. you want to you want to just jump right to level 20 and, and go from there if you uh, otherwise they get frustrated vice versa if you have a beginner that starts at level 20 they get very frustrated and they and they'll quit so so the software allows quick access to information uh, uh unlike say like an online youtube video or things where it's passive and uh and you have to watch the whole video etc i mean those are helpful uh as are you know hand-on training but Ultrasound is learned by practice. It's like learning to ride a bicycle. You have to be on the bicycle and feel it and, 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 and see it and do it uh, to really appreciate it. You can't learn from a lecture or a PowerPoint or a, you know, a, a, a video. You have, to, you have to really just jump in there and get the probe in your hand and start scanning. And what the software does Very is true. It, 
it's like an expert in a box and so in the iPad and so the information is in there and if if you quickly need to know how to how to measure the head circumference or the, the abdominal circumference and what the key landmarks are um it's all in the software so they can quickly just refresh things um and go to the information that they need uh, uh very rapidly and we and the people that uh use the software also use it for patient education which has been very helpful uh, that way, the the patient can understand kind of what what might be happening, you know, what what uh, the anatomy is, or what what normal should look like, and and they might have an abnormal uh, problem, uh, you know, a, a dilated aorta or uh, sure. uh, fluid in the lungs or something like that. So so it uh, it has a twofold purpose. I, actually, Cliff, I'm just impressed that you're uh, you started out with what I think is one of the most dynamic and harder modules to learn of POCUS is uh, muscle skeletal. <laughs> Most people start out with FAST, you know, that's sort of the gateway exam, but you seen, you, you started with the hardest. Well, I didn't know any different. I was, uh, you know, I'm a musculoskeletal guy, and yeah, mm-hmm. little did I know that I, I, I could have started with something easier, but it was, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a journey. Uh, there was just a study done with our software at a medical school. Uh, the results are going to hopefully come out soon, but they they basically uh, let the medical students uh, use iPads with the software loaded onto it as a self-teaching tool. And they said, here, here's the iPads, here's all, here's ultrasound machines. And uh, they learned the FAST exam uh, in, in a couple hours. They all felt confident doing the FAST thing, just using the software. So they, the ability to kind of self-teach and, and uh, you know, know what to look at, know what to look for, uh, which is in the software, just allowed the students to to just pick it up and go, which was um, very exciting because that way my goal is to bring ultrasound to the world. I, I'd like to, I just uh, would love the uh, ultrasound to be the you know the first diagnostic tool in 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 any uh, clinical space, just because it's so safe and and uh, immediate. Yes, and, and, I, and you know what I wanted to ask you is what inspired you to pursue pursue this. Well, it was, it was, it's really just the kind of the underutilization of this amazing technology. Uh, I, I think that uh, if the learning curve was lowered, you know, the, the ultrasound machines used to be big and expensive, but the, the mm-hmm. price and the size have really diminished uh, dramatically. Now they're coming out with these uh, handheld little uh, probes that attach to your phone or tablet computers, etc., kind of like the ones we use in Nepal. And, and the price point on those is, is, is very reasonable. So that price barrier is no longer an issue and uh it's really the, the the main barrier is the education piece and and i think that with the software that we created i think we're onto something where we can really accelerate that we can flatten out that learning curve uh and and really get people you know riding the bicycle so to speak uh, qu- quickly and once you start riding the bicycle then you uh then you you know you learn to balance and then you learn to to jump on the curb and then all of a sudden you're in the in the uh, bike terrain park doing flips and, and then all of a sudden you're in the x games you know it's 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 small steps you know it's like when you're when you're a baby you you know you learn step by step you learn to roll and crawl and walk and run and uh and it you can't just like just expect to be running right away and so i think the concept of using small bites and just gaining your confidence uh as you need it uh you know based on what you need is the uh, the beauty of the software. So it just allows people to uh, learn at their own pace, learn what they need quickly, get confident, and yes. then just use it more and more. 
So you sound like a brilliant guy, a passionate guy, and um, if I make another snowboard trip out west, and I have, unfortunately, God forbid, if I wind up, I hope I land in Spine West. Sounds like you're a good provider. Uh, I just want to put something out there. I just want to let our listeners know. Maybe you could tell us how we could, uh, the listeners and the audience, could engage with this. Well, um, if you know, if people are interested uh, in the in the Niagi project uh, or even in the software, certainly just have them give me, uh, contact me. Uh, the the software company Seven D Imaging, and the uh, nonprofit is called Niagi.org. Uh, if if people are inter- if they have children or if they uh, belong to uh, organizations like churches or businesses that maybe have old iPads accessible that would like to uh, that they'd like to donate so that we can use those iPads to literally save mothers and and babies' lives. Um, I, I you know we're we're definitely uh, looking for those types of things and um, yeah and there's always. Uh, you know, always looking for people that want to volunteer their teaching skills or especially money to help pay for probes and things to, to bring ultrasound, again, to the, to the remote areas of the world, people that have much less than we do here. So, uh, you know, between the iPad donations and, and uh, financials and teaching, I mean, that's, that's really the core of it. And if they're interested in the in the in the software which is being used now in uh, uh, medical schools and residency programs, uh, I'd be more than happy to to talk to them about it as well. All right, Dr. Gronsef, listen, thank you for taking the time to be here on today's show, and for the audience, I really appreciate you guys for listening. And don't forget for even more Pocus Talk, follow us on Twitter at Pocus Academy and on Facebook at Pocus Cert Academy. Cliff, it was truly an honor to have you on our podcast today. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, Focus on Pocus. Be sure to tune in with us next week for more interviews with thought leaders that are on the forefront of global point-of-care ultrasound. Thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intelios. This podcast is for information purposes only.